This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It is a Christological Christmas here at the Gospel for Life radio program. We've been going through names and titles of Christ, and yesterday we were in Isaiah chapter 9, as we learned the Gospel of Isaiah, where you find, and the reason why we would say that is, if you go through the book of Isaiah, there are so many prophetic, so many prophecies that point to the person and work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And as you read the the book, what you'll see is that Isaiah was given a view of the coming Messiah that almost makes it seem as if he was one of He's Jesus's. the prophet of Christmas. Yes, yeah. he really is. Um, so many songs, so many Christmas carols, so many Christmas hymns have been written as a result of the pen of of Isaiah. And yesterday we looked at this these couplets in verse 6. To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And you notice there there was no comma, there was no pause. Mm-hmm. So it's not Wonderful Counselor, it's Wonderful, wonderful counselor. counselor. Okay, Unless you're listening to the Messiah, uh, you know, Handel's Messiah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, he's not Isaiah. He's, he's not, not Isaiah. He's not. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not good. And today, it's the next couplet, Mighty God. Mm. So what is meant here? What what are we supposed to take away here from this phrase? These couplets are all, you know, amazing. This one out of the four, just really, I love. I mean, just, just consider the context. I mean, you, you read verse six already, but to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given but his name is going is mighty God. I mean, this is, if you need any more proof of the coming incarnation that this is pointing to, this is it. You know, the, the Jesus born is God in the flesh. He is the God man. He is the mighty God. The word um, mighty God, it's actually mighty is, is Gabor, which normally would be the idea of a hero. So it's kind of a God of a hero or a hero of a god. How does this fit the context, um, especially as you see how Isaiah sets this up in especially verse 4 with the whole you have broken as as on the day of Midian. Well, when he's referring to the day of Midian, he's actually taking them back to the book of Judges where you know Midian is defeated and he's talking about he's He's talking about that period of time, uh, you know. So they see this <coughs> wonderful deliverance through Gideon, uh, you know, with just a few, you know. If you remember the story of Gideon, he has all these people come out 
to go up against the Midianites. But then the, God removes them till they're just a small number. And they defeat Midian with a, a trumpet blast and uh, you know, lights that were hid in a pot. And Midian turns against itself and they're destroyed. This is a supernatural deliverance of a mighty God. Yeah, the description, like Russ mentioned, is, is hero or champion. There's also, there's also this vigorous like manhood and strength to it. And so in, in verse 4, when it describes the way that this uh, mighty God will become a deliverer or a champion, it says, you have uh, broken the rod of the oppressor. Mm-hmm. So I just have this mental image of, of Christ like taking that, that rod and just breaking over his knee like a toothpick, right? Just snapping it in half and, and delivering freedom from oppression to his people. For us as Christians, it's freedom from the oppression of sin and, and death and, and, and suffering, all of those um, are, were granted peace and relief from mm-hmm. in Christ. And he's broken that yoke of his burden. You know, when Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, of, you know, my, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean, he's calling us to take his yoke and he's uh, taking on our yoke, but in that he's, he's broken it and <coughs> delivered it in his uh, mighty victory in the cross. We're, we're going to just do a little bit of just biblical theology typology here. So strap in. Um, <laughs> when you think about what Isaiah is doing here, he's setting up the reader and he's saying, there's one that's going to come. He's a wonderful counselor, but he's also a mighty God. And you have, it's like the moment that the, the nation was under the Midianites. And when they were under the Midianites, it was a time of oppression. It was a time where they were enslaved. It was a time when they lived in fear. Gideon was called while he's hiding, you know, mm-hmm. and and mighty man of valor. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what, what? He's hiding. <laughs> yeah, the people of Israel are suffering because they've done evil in the sight of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and God gave them over to the oppression of the Midianites. It, the same thing is really happening in in Isaiah also, because if you look at if you look back at chapter eight, you know the the people of Israel are doing the same thing, and they're saying, "Inquire of mediums and necromancers." They they've turned their back on God. You know the you know they're looking for an answer to their problem everywhere else but God. And what Isaiah is saying is that this is actually us. All humanity is under this oppression. We're under the bondage of sin. We're enslaved to sin. We we serve a master that is is a hard master, mm-hmm. but we can't get out from underneath of it. And God sends a deliverer, Gideon, mm-hmm. to free his people from that oppression. And what Isaiah is saying is, when I send my son, that child that's going to be born, he is going to deliver in the same way that Gideon delivered. And he is going to free his people from oppression. The oppression is, as Benny talked about, from sin and death and hell, Mm. our great enemies. Mm -hmm. And so that's the idea that as you're reading the Old Testament, you're looking for, well, how is this pointing to the person and work of Christ? And Isaiah helps us with this. He says, as in the day of. He's saying Mm. it's like that. It's a picture (laughs) that you're supposed to see and carry forward. Yeah. The people are suffering because of their alienation from God. And, yeah. and so the whole answer to this is their real need is a profound and spiritual need because they're alienated from God. And this is the need 
uh, humanity has. Um, we've, you know, the fact that uh, somebody doesn't believe in, in God, they've believed in everything else. They believe they're believing in the the uh, necromancers and the mediums and anybody else that gives them some sort of spiritual truth apart from God. And so they're all in the same. We're all humanity's in the same need. And you know, one of the things in in um, in scripture interpretation and and something that Brian Chapel mentions in his book on preaching is asking the question, you know, how is God the hero? And that's a reference to mm-hmm. all of scripture is mm-hmm. about God's work. He is the hero of the story. And so this, as you know, Russ, as you've mentioned, you know, this mighty God title is and name is refers to his heroic deeds, his mighty acts. And if you look throughout the scriptures, I mean, every act of deliverance that God gives, you know, through the Exodus, through all throughout the the times of the judges and and all throughout you know delivering his people in in mighty and miraculous ways that he is a heroic warrior god and delivering his people and that is all pointing to that work of Christ in delivering us from our true enemies and if you look at the 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 story of Gideon Gideon even though he's called a mighty man of valor he's anything but mm-hmm. it's weakness it looks like this is foolishness i mean the plots of of how God is going to deliver, you would look at and say, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Why would you do it that way? And you're supposed to take that and transfer it forward and say, if you think about how God delivers his people, it's absolutely ridiculous. Why would he do it that way? Jesus Christ comes in weakness in the incarnation. He comes as a baby. Mm -hmm. He lives in the frailty of his humanity throughout his entire life. He dies uh, in weakness on the cross, weakness in quotes. And it looks like everything but the right way to bring about deliverance. Mm-hmm. And it's the picture that Gideon gives us. Like, why would you do it that way? Well, it's showing us that God often uses the weak, um, what is perceived as weakness, mm-hmm. but it's really still a mighty God bringing mm-hmm. about that deliverance. And he gets the glory in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you look at what he does and you can't say, oh yeah, Gideon in his might and power, he delivered God's people. Mm-hmm. But no, God delivered his people through Gideon. How are we to understand this as something that how we ought to then live? How does this impact our day-to-day life, knowing that Jesus Christ is mighty God in his coming? I'm going to take the long way around. So uh, you may know this, but I'm an avid pickleball player. Are we supposed to buckle up again? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, buckle so, up. Buckle so, up, yeah, kids. Yeah. So, Click. Avid pickleball player. Uh, if you know pickleball, you play in, in teams. So I'm, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not great. But I have a great partner. And when we step on the court, man, there is a swagger and there is a confidence that I can carry, not because of my own skill, but because of the skills and the talents of the guy that I am playing with. I think as we think about Christ as mighty God, despite the defeats, the discouragements, the distractions we face, mm-hmm. we can walk with a confidence and a swagger in our mighty God. He's the victorious one. He will never fail us. He will never abandon us. He will always be present. And I think is this phrase in particular, when it feels like the world's encroachment on Christmas is getting you know, growing and our influence in it is, is weakening, um, we have a mighty God. Mm-hmm. who will not be thwarted, will never be defeated, who will always, always, always be victorious. I think that's that's the confidence and the humble swagger, if you will, that we can walk with as Christians. And and, and to that, one of the things I, I try to remind our congregation from time to time is that um, the the believer, a single believer outnumbers the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we have, we are 
the temple of the living God. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. I mean, and you could, you know, it, it's not a stretch to say he who is in us is, is greater than the entire world. Mm-hmm. So the believer, I mean, we don't, what it means for us in our day-to-day lives, there are some fearful things in this world, but we don't have to fear. I mean, and some bad things may happen to us, but we still, we don't have to fear because God is with us. Yeah, you, 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 you mentioned how that greater is he that is in us than is in the world. When we think about our great enemies, when we think about the, you know, I mean, we think about Satan mm. and, uh, you know, as a great enemy, and yet it says, uh, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yeah. Why? Because greater is he that is in you. Yeah than he that is in the world. I mean, just look at the response of the demons to Jesus in his earthly mm-hmm. ministry. I mean, it's, it, that is a comfort to us. I yeah, mean, they, they are the, terrified that's the mighty to be in God. his presence. Yep. That's the mighty God. Don't want to spend very much time on this, but I, I love the illustration of the pickleball. Um, but is I, Russ your partner? I, that, I, no. no. <laughs> but I really struggle with putting pickleball and swagger together. <laughs> so, but I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that thank, it is. Thank you, Russ. Um, how does this relate to Jesus' second advent? Well, I mean, he is going to oh, come. Man, yeah. It's not going to be a question that he's the mighty God. I mean, he's coming in all of his glory. And um, I, I, I love, I mean, the, the world's just going to shut up in his presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every knee will bow and every yeah. tongue confess. Yeah, there'll be no question about the might, power, and glory of Christ at the second coming and i think anything that we try to imagine i mean it's you we try to imagine but our imaginations are so frail that it's his might his power his glory is going to be so far beyond anything we could ever conjure or think about well you've been listening to the gospel for life we'll see you next week